okay, I've got to set my timer today. It's so strange because in 18 minutes, go on. In about 18 to 20 minutes, um, I've got a special guest speaker that's going to be helping me. And uh, it's a surprise. And, uh, and so, uh, anyway, I want to make sure I don't go over because I'm really good at going over. Like, really good at going over. Um, okay, anyways, kind of a little bit just from having you around. Uh, this is old news. Hey, review from last week. Review from last week. Every person who has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, born again, become a Christian, receive salvation from Jesus, putting your trust in the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ to save you, and Him alone. Every person who has been regenerated by the Holy Spirit has both good and bad, overt and covert behavior. We learned that last week. People are good and bad. Christians are good and bad. And we got to deal with it. It's real life. The Apostle Paul, first and foremost, writing two-thirds of the New Testament, whew, no matter how hard we attempt to change the behavior ourselves, we find it epically failing. We find ourselves epically, let's all say epically, epically, epically failing. And um, now I wonder if that's even a word. Anyway, it's <laughs> Wretched man, Paul says, I'm exhausted of trying to be good in the flesh. I'm exhausted from trying to be good in my own flesh. But then remember, let go and let God in Romans 7.25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He helps me. He delivers me. And so, and so I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, if you struggle and you struggle this morning, there's hope. If you have some really terrible habit, there's hope. And you just continue with good, and then sometimes you're bad. But if you're born again, and Jesus in your heart, whether you feel like you're a child of God or you're not, you are. You are. Go with that hope and confidence. Don't let the devil, the fallen angel, uh, get a hold of you, give you the wrong message, and really discourage you. Okay, that was just a review. Here's the cartoon. Brace yourself. No offense, but the, the man of eats soul. <laughs> Last week's was funnier. Who's monitoring? <laughs> Last week's was funnier. I thought that was kind of cool. Okay, anyway. Be holy. God says be holy because... Be holy. Be holy. Well, there's conditionally, conditionally holy and positionally holy. So Jesus today, help us to decipher why in the world we would want to be holy, especially if we're feeling quite shizzy. Lord Jesus, help us. Help our emotions not to run our day but your word run our day. Help us, Lord, to get into a pattern of living out our salvation with fear and trembling in the sense 
that we know that if we fear you, it's the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Help us to know that if we would put you first, we would see the rest of the things that have so many emotions tied to them get met right where they need, right in the greatest, deepest place of hurt, and then become a deliverer because you're a deliverer. Help us to become an overcomer because you're an overcomer. Help that to be our prayer today, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Be holy. It wasn't until I was 51 years old that I started to get curious about my mom. I'd never seen her growing up. I grew up with my grandparents and my dad. And my dad dropped me off at my grandparents because they were stable and he wasn't. So after my dad died, we just never talked about my mom. <laughs> After my dad died, I got curious. Well, I've got another living parent, maybe. <laughs> so I went on a search to find her, and all the people at the church were like doing the social media, going, We've got your birth certificate, we can find her, we've got the technology. And they really didn't. <laughs> Nobody could find her. And she wasn't on Ancestry.com because she wasn't dead. <laughs> and that was good. <laughs> so, um, I called the police. I filed a missing persons report. <laughs> because that's what you do when you can't find someone. When's the last time you saw her? Uh, 50 something years when I was born? <laughs> I mean, that was awkward. I've never seen her. I've never seen her. Okay, okay. They found her in three days. No, two days they found her. Good news and bad news, the detective said. Good news and bad news. The good news is, is that you've got brothers and sisters you don't even know about. The bad news is, your mom doesn't want to see you. I know, that's what I did. Walking through the, at the time, the parsonage we were living in, my wife and I, with the field mice, we always qualify that because they always write to the parsonage with us. And um, I was kind of bummed out. I said, did you tell her I was, I was a pastor? He says, well, yeah, I told you you were in the ministry. That didn't seem to move her. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. We'll just leave that alone. Um, so I was sad. The detective said, yeah, your dad was pretty rough. And she didn't want any remembrance of him. And uh, so she didn't want to see you. So I was like, you know, I went to Liz and said, this really stinks. I was really sad. Two days later, I had to preach. And it was not on holiness, but it was the Word of God being infused through me so I could demonstrate holiness in that moment. I could demonstrate everything that, that God was to me and live out His plan. And you know what? The things of earth grew strangely dim in the light of that glory and grace. I got over it. I had not seen her. It's not like I missed going out for ice cream. We never went out for ice cream. And so, uh, but I just wanted to see her. I wanted to find out, like, her medical history. Like, what should I be? What should I be testing for right now as I get older? Uh, kind of weird. When you get older, you'll see that that's important. 
so, so, uh, so, so, so we started to pray for her. We said, before she passes away, before she passes away, Lord, help her to reach out to me. Help her to contact me. And Lord, if for some reason she has a moment of grace and mercy and she is a believer and she wants to put me in her will, <laughs> I'm sorry. We think of those things. At least I did. So, so anyway, it was the moment of holiness. Acting out my salvation in such a way where Jesus was flowing in and through me. So think about that main theme throughout our time today. Background in Hebrews. Say background. Background. Yeah. In the book of Hebrews, there is a, a message of the superiority of Jesus. Oh my goodness, just go through the chapters. The superiority of Jesus. He's everything. He's so everything. That was important to the Jewish Christians in Rome. These Christians were struggling under Nero's persecution and were considering moving back towards the Mosaic Law. So that's one major theme in Hebrews. The Jews become Christians were under fire with Nero. And Nero was using them as light torches in his gardens. He was using them in the public sport arena to let tens of thousands of people come in and watch them be devoured by lions. That was fun back then for sport. So you can see how people are like, hey, you know, maybe we go back to Judaism. I know the customs, I know all the, uh, the festivals, I know everything. So, so that's why we're talking about the supremacy of Jesus. And he's worth suffering for. He's worth suffering, no matter what that looks like. Chapters 1 through 10 and verse 18 is the superiority of Christ. Specifically, Hebrews 10, 5 through 9, it says that Christ came to do the will of the Father. In verse 10 it says, and by that will we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So, positionally, we're made right before the Father and clean and pure as snow because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we've accepted His payment for our sins. His resurrection has brought us life. We're positionally made right. This verse tells us in Jesus. So you can walk in that security and have an amazing day. But just remember, holiness, working out this holiness that the Spirit will prick your heart for is going to make all the difference versus taking on the, the love of the world. Remember, I, I said that and showed you that with my mom and how sad, how down and out I was till I walked in his light some more. I was like, it's going to be okay. I can still pray for her to be saved. As we go on, let me demonstrate this. So, check this out. This is really a cool picture. God, who will notice the Father here, made Him to be sin for us. Who's the Him to be made sin? Jesus. 
Yeah, so this is what's happening in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Make him to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So, the righteousness of God, oh, I've got a pointer, I forgot. The righteousness of God, okay, he took my sin, and I received his righteousness. So he took my sin. Now, some people say, did Jesus sin? No. no. And by the way, get ready. Look at this closely. I've got a quiz coming up. That's right. That's right. For some people that are going, he's talked a long time. I'm going to drift in my mind just a moment because I've got a lot to do today. No, I've got a quiz coming up. Don't drift yet. Here's the deal. So God made him to be sin for us. So... He took my sin. So, so, oh, Phil. There we go. So, so, look at this. He took, he took my ugliness. He took all my disgustedness. He took all my evil. And so, I imputed, I imputed, say imputed. My sin to him. And he can take everyone's sin. He did take everyone's sin. There's, there's just that he died for all. He took my sin. And then he imputed righteousness back to me. What a deal. He imputed his righteousness to me when I received him as Lord and Savior, him paying my sin debt, accepting that, me being given life through his resurrection, I accepted that by faith alone in him. I, I get to walk around with like a righteousness IV in my arm all day long. You ever be like, sometimes when you're sick, you get that drip system? You know, you're just walking around. You got that drip system. It's helping. It's making all the difference. That's what we get in His righteousness. So we can be holy because of that. Now, that's interesting. Look at the bottom here. Jesus, God made Him to be sin for us. Means that Jesus, although sinless, was treated as if He were sin itself. He wore sin itself. Didn't become sin in the sense that he was dirty. No, but he was humanity's sin representative. Wow. Little quiz. Please, uh, if you're sitting next to somebody, uh, make sure you're two seats away so nobody can look over. Just kidding, that's a school. Our holiness before God depends entirely on the work of Jesus. True or false? True. Entirely on His work. 100%. Nothing from us. Nothing. Our righteousness is filthy rags. Dirty, nasty, rotten. You're right. True. 10. Hebrews 10 10. Our sins were put on Christ. True, Isaiah 53, 6. Very nice. According to Scripture, who required Christ to pay the penalty for your sins and mine? 
And that's just one issue. You might have other issues. Other issues. Look at this. 1 John 2.28. Oh my goodness. If we abide in Him, if He returns to them, if He returns to them, the Scripture says we'll have confidence before Him and not shy away at His coming. Think about that. Now I changed the voice a little bit because right now I've talked a long time. You're going, there. it's almost time to go. No, 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 not really. We're still existing with Him. But I want to let you know that if we have the opportunity, if we abide in Him, if we pursue holiness and we're, and we're doers, If we're doers, we have a great opportunity. Hey, let me show you. Let me show you some motivation for holy living before we before we bring in our guests. Let me show you just some motivation. Just imagine this road. Little high volume. This road just goes on forever. Okay. Now imagine that this road is a timeline of your existence. It just exists forever. You see this red part? This would represent your time on Earth. You've got a few short years here on Earth, and then you've got all of eternity somewhere else. This is, this is your existence. And what blows me away is some of you, all you think about is this red part. All you think about, you're consumed with this. Oh man, I can't wait till here. You know, I'm gonna work hard, I'm gonna save, 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 so I can really enjoy this part right here. And you're consumed with that. You think, oh man, am I gonna get to travel? Am I gonna eat well? Am I gonna do this during this part? I'm like, are you kidding me? About this? What about this? What about this? what about all this stuff that's just it's crazy to me because because the Bible teaches that what I do during this little red part determines how I'm going to exist for millions and millions and millions of years forever. And and so why would I spend this little red part trying to make myself as comfortable as possible, enjoying myself as much as I can? Paul says, look, I'm going to live my life for this mission. I'm going to spend my life, invest my life for this moment when I cross that finish line. See, I'm going to forget about all this stuff I could enjoy. I'm not going to look around. I'm going to be like a runner just looking at that moment when I face God. Because when I face Him, then I don't get this chance over again. We have one chance at this life on earth. And it can end at any second for any of us. We've got one chance at this, and then comes eternity.
what who's on holiness? I said, what about holiness? He said, oh, share with you my notes later. I got them, was it Saturday morning? No, Friday night. Anyway, the, uh, I want to talk about holiness in the sense of what you are living right now. And to begin with, and add on to what he said, is that another word for holiness is the word holy. That's the original one. And it means set apart from God. If you are in Christ, you are set apart for God. Now, I now, rather than pastoring, I do a lot of counseling, and I work with brokenness. Okay? Now, everybody, everybody has brokenness in them. You may try to deny it. If you're married, go ask your spouse, they'll tell you. If you have kids, ask them, they'll tell you. Everybody has brokenness. They, they carry it within them. So I work with people who have problems that are looking for solutions. And, and now, the people that I work with are predominantly believers. Now, what would you expect out of somebody who says, I'm a Christian? You would expect good behavior, would you? Remember, we're talking about holiness. See, now this is where the rubber meets the road. You can come to church and he can tell you, no, this is the way you ought to be living. Now we're actually talking about the way you are living. And the problem that it causes because of that. Many of them that I work with are disconnected with God. Some are vitally connected with God. It's my job to help them find hope in Christ. Oops, I didn't do my thinking. Me. There. <laughs> no, back. I don't like this. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, there it is. I'll stick with that. That's where I'm at. Okay, so my job is helping for hope in Christ through Christ-like behaviors. See, you can be in Christ and not have Christ-like behaviors. Are you aware of that? Should you be doing that? Stop that. Remember, the people I work with are broken. People I work with are destroying their lives. Why? Because they are in Christ, but they're not living for Christ. They're not living like they belong to Him. So I want you to think about that. What have you been going through uh, that's been beating you up? Seeking to destroy your hope. And the big question is, how have you been managing it? So we're all broken. That's the short term of it. I don't have a whole lot of time to go into that. We're all broken. But I want to say that right now, something's going on in your life that is messing you up. Something that you do not control. Something that Jesus Christ is not Lord of in your life. So what are the behaviors you're doing to make it through this period of time. Now, some people do drugs, some people do alcohol, some people do sex, some people will do food. I'm particularly fond of Jamoka almond fudge. <laughs> but everybody has a way of managing it. The problem is, the way that we seek to manage it destroys us. So, once upon a time, I was working with a couple, I've been about six weeks into sessions working with them. Uh, and we were in a session where they were to talk to each other and, and they were to talk about the, their fear, the, their deepest hurt 
to their partner and have their partner learn to, to soothe them, to be able to meet them where they're at. And, and so the wife is sharing with her husband what it is she's struggling with. And, and, and he's supposed to listen now and now he's supposed to respond to her and I'm sort of helping him walk through this. And she really does share what she's struggling with and he unloads on her. He hit, she hit a raw spot in him and he just started tearing her apart. I'm trying to stop him. I can't. He will not stop. He is just verbally cutting her to pieces. Did, did I tell you I generally work with Christians? <laughs> and, and, and he's done. And, and I'm, I'm going, God, I don't know what you did. I don't know what you did. Uh, life is not good for this couple. Can, can you get the end of that? Yeah. Life is not good for this couple. But they're caught because there's no holiness there. They were not living their lives set apart for Christ. Now, holiness reminds us that we don't live for ourselves. We live as children of the kingdom of God. We live for Jesus Christ. Do you agree with me on that premise? Now, now I want you to work with this because it's part of how you manage what you're going through. If you really do believe these things is the way that you seek to manage your struggles like Christ. Well, I was working with another couple. Wait, did I do that? Did I do that? <laughs> My mind. Oh, I'm not there yet. Okay. They uh, really wish they were running Uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't tell me how to do this. Anyway, so I'm working with another couple. I'm working with another couple. And another couple who says, we're Christians. Okay? Uh, the problem here is the wife sees herself as a really good Christian, and she sees her husband as a... Because he likes to play video games. And, and those of you that know the, I, I call them video games, there are other words for these things. That it, for some people, it's their life. And so he plays six hours a day. No, no problem at all. I mean, that's besides work. <clears throat> so again, we're walking through, uh, talking with one another, but we're just starting the session, and he's sitting back from her. And it's like, Okay, what happened? I mean, well, she pointed out that he wasn't living for Christ. And, 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 and I'm going, uh, <clears throat> the thing is, again, we're supposed to be learning on how to talk to one another, uh, talk from our feelings, not about our, I mean, about our feelings, not from our feelings. Anyway, don't worry about that. But she is so anxious over, she is so hurt over how her husband's living that she constantly has to criticize him and tell him how bad he is because what he's not doing for her by not living for Jesus. And I looked at her and I said, are, are you a Christian? That, because that doesn't sound very Christian. You know what she did? She goes, she wasn't going to change. Why? Because her pain was more important than living for Jesus. What about you? 
You see the things we're willing to sacrifice God for simply so that we can have what it is that we want. Now, here we go. Come on, work. There it is. No. No. No.
No, not there yet. So well, here's what's important. If I want healing, I have to choose to live full-time for Jesus, not part-time for Jesus. You want me to restate that just in case you missed it? I have to live full-time for Jesus, not just part-time for Jesus. When was the last time? When was the last time you said to Jesus, Lord, I want to live my life for you and not me? Maybe you said that when you were five years old. Have you forgotten? Maybe you said it in your 20s or 30s or 40s or old people, 50. <laughs> you notice I stopped there? Somewhere in your life you said, yes, I want to live for Jesus, and then you moved on. But when you moved on, you left Christ. God still loves you. God still wants to work with you. Yes, His holiness is imputed. But where you said, God, I want your will, not mine. Now, let's draw this book with the healing part. Yeah, that's what I want. I can make healing choices. I can choose to live life God's way. Just because my life's messed up over here doesn't mean I can't make a change. I can choose to live life God's way depending upon the Holy Spirit living under the holiness of God through a life with Christ. Now, here's the fun part. There it is. Does every Christian have this option? And the answer is yes. You get to choose. Guess what? You also get to choose no. I can't stop you from choosing no. God cannot stop you from choosing no. The couples that I'm working with, I can't stop them from choosing no. I have to suffer with them as I see them continually do damage to one another. But you can say no. Does everyone have the option? Yes. Is everyone who has is a Christian lived this way? The answer is definitely no. Now, the neat thing is, and, and I think that's my last one there. The neat thing is, you can do something about it. And this is sort of what today is about. And, and you've been listening to uh, Pastor Don and others talk about uh, events that are going to be taking place. And, and I want you to plug you into these events because if you want to see your life turn around, you want to move from knowing that you're blowing it to growing it. I mean, there's a big difference. He's offered, Pastor Bill has offered you two things. One is the discipleship series. Get involved. Get the book. Start studying. Get in a small group. Don't try to do it by yourself. You need a small group. Why? Because you need somebody to get in your face and say, you're blowing Get in a small group. Second thing that he's doing for you, this is going to be a little bit farther down the line, and, and that is um, Celebrate Recovery where our hurts and hang-ups and habits, and then we can look at those and deal with them. But listen to me. The call for holiness is not something that you and I can ignore. Christ gives us holiness. There's another word called sanctification. We won't go into that. But you need to answer this today. Are you living holy for God in a way that glorifies 